one of the things that we feel strongly about is that there are actually concrete things that you can do that make a difference in the uh, adoption of your transformation, that make a difference in your frustration, that reduce fear and increase trust. There are things as simple as folding a piece of paper in half. They, they are mentally challenging. They are not physically difficult or, or difficult to understand. The steps are not hard to, to comprehend. In the same way that playing a piano is not difficult to understand. You push your, the keys in the right order and it makes music. What could be hard about that? Well, I'm not a concert pianist, and, this, this, and there's a good reason, because I've not practiced how to do that. Hi, I'm Lauri, and you're listening to the Sauna podcast. We invited Jeffrey Frederick and Douglas Quero to talk about their speech in the DevOps conference happening on March 23rd and 24th. Jeffrey and Douglas have authored a book named Agile Conversations. It is a practical step-by-step guide to using the human power of conversation to achieve truly agile results. Let's listen what Jeffrey and Douglas have in mind for their session. My first question to you is a, a little bit of a digression from what you are going to speak, which is that what in Agile and DevOps space, do you passionately disagree that you think that most of the people agree about? I think it's already a controversy there, so maybe it's not quite in the spirit of what you had in mind, but it's one that comes to mind because I've been exposed to it again recently, which is people who have DevOps engineers or a DevOps department and uh, as a element of what they're doing. And I say this is something that if the early DevOps people would say, well, that was never the idea. However, as more and more people get into DevOps, as it becomes mainstream, uh, we should expect that this misunderstanding will become the majority. And I think there's a chance it could already actually be the majority view. So I will claim this is something that is snuck up on this, and, but in, un, in an unsurprising fashion. And I would say actually the majority of people in DevOps who, uh, because most people are new to it, have this misconception that they should have DevOps engineers and perhaps a DevOps department. One of the most important things about it, and I see this over and over again, is it's not just the majority. It is it is every one of my clients these days who has um, adverts up for Dev- DevOps engineers, who go to DevOps conferences, who have DevOps people, who have DevOps skills conferences. I have no idea what they what they do, and and I can't say enough how unfortunate it is that we have this particular misunderstanding because it's not just one of those like, um, you know, I come from, from one side of the Atlantic and on that side we, we uh, say it one way and on this side of the Atlantic we say something the other way. That's not what it is. That misunderstanding is fundamental about what the cultural message is that we want to get across when we talk about a DevOps transformation. We want to see a unification between the developers and the operations people which used to be, and, and this, there used to be this huge gulf between those two. And the idea was to erase it, not to put someone else in the middle. <laughs> so um feel rather passionately about this when you touched on a nerve there, Lowry. This is a very significant misunderstanding and one that's very important. Your speech and your topic is going to be about communications and conversations. What kind of journey has those people um, already taken by the time they start to think about the communication and, and communication problems. Maybe, Scroll, you want to start because you can talk about what um, people have gone through before you end up talking to them. <laughs> well, yes, and, and, and that's a wide range of people, and I think that's really healthy. Um, what I was saying was that uh, I, I think if, even if you haven't been on any journey at all, 
you, you should be thinking about communication, and a lot of people are. So I actually find um, not necessarily that the people that uh, come to me for my consulting, for example, the kind of people who are going to go to, you know, I'm doing a workshop, and uh, after this goes out, it'll be probably the next week or two at the end of March, right after the conference, for people who have a tech team and have trouble talking to that tech team, um, the kind of people for whom a DevOps transformation would be really useful. And, and a lot of those folks haven't actually encountered some of the difficulties that really drive people to, to come to me. Sometimes people come to me and say, Squirrel, I'd like to avoid all that stuff. I would like to avoid having uh, people leaving my organization because they uh, can't, um, they, they don't feel understood or listened to. I, I'd like to avoid having uh, us release the wrong product. Um, I'd like to avoid us having the walled garden where our engineers kind of live in this perfect world and they think everything is, is wonderful and fantastic. And actually outside the walled garden, everything is terrible. Those are the sorts of things that, that, I, that I see over and over again as the results, but I also see an increasing number of people who say, I've heard about that stuff and I don't want any part of it. How can I avoid it? So they may not have actually been on the journey. They may not have had um, the, the, the um, difficult experiences that then drive them to say, well, what can I improve? And that, that's really encouraging because I, I, it would be wonderful if we had uh, a group of people who had never had these experiences, who had never um, seen what goes wrong when you have poor communication, when you try to do a transformation from the top without involving anybody in the organization, without um, explaining what you're doing. It would be great if there were some people who didn't know about that from direct experience, but only indirectly. For me, I would say something. When I, when I run public workshops and we have people come in uh, to do a conversational dojo, to build their conversational skills, the, the, the one element <clears throat> that I can see that's common uh, for across them is a, as a touchstone is frustration. Absolutely. It's, it's a very easy for people to, to recall a conversation where they're frustrated, where there's a dynamic and an exchange. And this could be both a, a personal life or work life, um, a common element behind that. When people are feeling frustrated, generally there's the idea that it's someone else's fault. So the, I think, unfortunately, when people get to the point where they are thinking about communication problems, they're usually thinking about it. There's communication problems where someone else needs to behave differently. And, of course, our message is going to be something different, which is that you can't make other people behave differently. So you're going to have to start with yourself because it's the only person you can actually change. And I certainly agree with that because when I see people that, that come to me, even if they come to me wanting to avoid some of the big mistakes that happen that cause people to need a DevOps transformation that need to, to make a huge shift, they always have that sense of frustration. And it's, it's almost always that, yes, I'd, I'd like someone else to change so that we can avoid this problem. They're often surprised to find that there's something that they need to do and that there's something they can do, even if they are not a member of the technical team, if they're, even if they're not the person who's um, bringing the impossible deadlines to the team, that there's something that they can do is surprising and um, eventually good news, but probably not at first. At first, it's uh, unwelcome news. The great philosopher Socrates was known for having a what he called a demon or demon, the inner voice. And uh, he always went after what the inner voice said, and some people call it conscience or whatever that would be, but it's the inner voice. It didn't tell Socrates what he should do, but it always told what he shouldn't do. It's like, don't do that. Mm. And Douglas, what you, what you talked about just now, people saying that they know what they don't want to be part of. Sounds like there's a room for, for DevOps conscience. 
that like we we don't tell you what you should be doing, but we would definitely be able to tell you what you shouldn't be doing. Something like that, to, just to take it a tad philosophical. I like the philosophy, and one of the things that we feel strongly about is that there are actually concrete things that you can do that make a difference in the uh, adoption of your transformation, that make a difference in your frustration, that reduce fear and increase trust. There are things as simple as folding a piece of paper in half. They they are mentally challenging. They are not physically difficult or, or difficult to understand. The steps are not hard to, to comprehend in the same way that playing a piano is not difficult to understand. You push your, the keys in the right order and it makes music. Who, what could be hard about that? Well, I'm not a concert pianist this, this, when there's a good reason because I've not practiced how to do that. And similarly, what we'd argue is that there are um, things that are concrete. And yes, your, your internal conscience, your natural actions, your natural inclinations won't lead you to them. But if you practice them, and they're the sorts of things we'll, we'll describe in, in our talk, I'm sure, uh, if you practice some of those concrete actions, step-by-step -step, um, uh, actions that you can take, those will lead to uh, very substantial outcomes and improvements. But they, they require you to take the first step of saying, this is something that I can do something about. Uh, it's not simply that somebody else's fault that uh, our transformation isn't on track or our development team isn't releasing frequently enough. There's something I can do about that. Once you take that step and you take some concrete uh, actions, it's surprising what you can get. We don't want to spill all the secrets of your speech in, in anticipation. So Yeah, you should you should come to the conference, hear what we have to say. <laughs> exactly. But if you if you the two of you, if you could ask people to think something in advance, um, so that they would get most out of your speech and your session in the conference, what would you ask people to think? I would think of the the frustrating conversation, you know, think of the exchange where, and it, the frustration might have had different, many different forms. It, it could be that you were in a meeting that was boring, like that would qualify, where something where nothing was really happening. Um, it, it could be in an, an exchange, in a discussion where you had some ideas, but you didn't volunteer them because you thought there was no point or you thought that they wouldn't be well received. Um, or it could have been one place where there was an act of conflict, where you had brought an idea and there was criticism and you felt that where people didn't understand and weren't trying to understand. It could be many different elements, but there's think about that element uh, of frustration and and have that in mind, have, have that conversation, that experience in mind and bring that into uh, uh, along with you when you come to hear what we have to say. And then uh, I think that will be have you hopefully primed uh, for hearing what we're, our, our message and see how that applies. I'd also advise that people bring a piece of paper that's blank, but no more than one piece of paper. You don't need much material. And um, three different colored pens, but one color of pen will work as well. Because it's surprising that you need just a very small amount of material. You don't need very much um, uh, either in the conversation that you want to think about or in terms of uh, technique and, and complicated action. It's actually a fairly simple set of things that you need to do in order to improve that conversation. But the mindset is one uh, that's also important, which is uh, I'm going to do something to change this. There's something that I can uh, address. I don't know what it is yet. I'm going to come listen to Squirrel and Jeffrey and find out what it is. Um, and, and if you want a preview, have a look at conversationaltransformation.com, our website that, where there's video and uh, articles and lots of material. But um, come to the, the talk with that mindset. I'm ready to use this material, both the conversation and the physical material, and uh, I'm going to make a, a difference in this transformation, in this organization, in this conversation. Thank you.